0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Changing the Course. I'm Atara, attorney in New York City, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girlie book series, and owner of CurlyGirly.com. And my podcast mission is to bring interesting, newsworthy, and current topics to the forefront with dynamic guests who help us to change the way we see things and open our world to new ideas. Today, I am really excited to be speaking with a fun and fashionable guest all the way from the UK, Kiera Minaj. Kiera was a producer and an editor in the film industry, but has most recently become known as the founder of an online vintage clothing shop selling collectible vintage clothes shoes, and accessories. Kiara was recently written up in the New York Times style section as her formerly unknown business rose to fame when many of her vintage pieces began to outfit the cast of the hit show, The Crown, featured on Netflix. Kiara is one of those exciting individuals who has been able to turn a passion and a hobby into a money-making business. Welcome, Kiara. How are you today? I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Atara. I'm feeling great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks well, Thank you for coming. I'm so happy to have you. I'll tell you why. I, I have to confess that one of my passions is clothes and fashion. And my mom actually owns an antique store here in New York City. And as someone, who, she was like always a little bit ahead of her time. So she was taking me to consignment stores when I was a really little girl. And I can actually vividly recall the thrill of it. You know, when you find something that really is unexpected. Um, but Also, like, maybe I'm going to say this a little bit of a fear, like, oh my God, is somebody going to see me? So I'm so happy that that the stigma of used clothing has gone away, and shopping vintage is so in vogue now. So I really would—I'd love to hear, like, how did you get started in this?
1: Well, like you, I've always had a passion for clothes, and um, I did when I was working in film. I used to spend quite a lot of money on uh, nice outfits for premieres, and you know, just going to the office. Um, and um, I guess it was about 15 years ago when I started looking at what we call charity shops, which I guess you call thrift shops. Right. Um, uh, because I live in right in the West End of London and it's a quite a rich area and we are surrounded by charity shops and they are absolutely stuffed full of things that people have maybe not even worn and uh, sent to the charity shop. So I started about 15 years ago uh, doing my shopping there and finding things. Like you say, the thrill of it was so great and it was so cheap and it was such good quality and, you know, there was nothing that wasn't a top designer item and beautiful cashmere sweaters and everything that I just couldn't have afforded, especially after I stopped working and I had kids, which is around about the same time. So I just thought, well, this is a no-brainer. I'm never going shopping in a shop again. I'm just only going to get my clothes here. And, you know, it takes a lot of sifting and it you just have to kind of be there, you know, and, and the thing jumps off the rail at you. Um, so I just... Have been doing that for years, and i haven't bought anything new I mean everything i 'm wearing right now second hand everything I wear is always second hand and apart from underwear, everything I wear is second
0: well, you know I always say you know you you have to have like a really good eye right when you 're in these of stores. But if you do, you can find the most incredible pieces. And then it's like suddenly shopping at other stores is, is so boring because, you know, they've got three of this and four of that and you're done.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you, and it's unaffordable. I mean, it's just uh, you you look at the kind of designer items out there. It's just I'm astounded by how much they all cost. And I've never been particularly interested in fashion, but I am interested in clothes and the quality and the fabric. So when I go to a charity shop, I'm just kind of feeling along the rails really. And then you something, or you feel something really nice and then you take a closer look. And I guess, so round of, so I had kids and they were, you know, they're, they're now, uh, my oldest one is nearly 20. So this all started around the same time that he was born. So it's probably 20 years that I've been wow. doing this for, but not as a conscious thing. But then I, I just sort of, you know, I just, it it did be, it did be just became something that I did that, that just was, the thing. And I was being evangelical about it and telling all my friends.
0: A quick question. I'm wondering if you had that feeling that I had as a little girl, because I crossed the line or walked the line, I should say, between the thrill of it, but also, as I said, like a little bit embarrassed, like, Oh, what if my friends see me here and they're all shopping at Saks?
1: It's interesting that you say that. And I think that, um, I, I think when my, some of my friends used to be a little bit horrified, (laughs) Um, you know, they'd go, Oh, that's so nice, where did you get it? And I'd say, well, it's from a charity shop and they'd go, hmm. <laughs> and, and then I'd buy things for my friends as well that I'd see something that would really suit somebody and I'd get them. And then some of them were really happy and then some of them just weren't. So, um, you know, yeah, there was a bit of a stigma attached and I think that's completely gone now. Completely. And I think even when I started the business, which was just over two years ago, So not very long at all. No, not at all. Still a bit of a stigma about it. And that has just changed completely in the last couple of years. And I couldn't, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't be happier about that. I couldn't be happier. I didn't, it wasn't really, the sustainability aspect wasn't an issue for me at the time. Right. Until I started doing it as a website and then there was a lot more information out there suddenly. And I was finding out about it and I was watching documentaries and reading everything I could about it and just being horrified by the environmental impact of the fashion industry and it's just like it's just every pair of jeans every cotton t shirt there is nothing even if you're buying organic cotton it still takes a massive amount of water and you know, we're just overproducing and all this stuff is going to waste. And then s- companies like Burberry's are burning millions of pounds worth of stock. I mean, it just is, it's a complete madness. Yeah. So um, I didn't set out on a sustainability mission. I'll be honest. I st- I set out because um, I my with the kids and everything, my film career, I wasn't getting the jobs and doing the things I wanted to do. I found it harder to do that. And so it was a, a child of a friend of mine who sort of flippantly said, well, you know, you, you, you're so good at finding all these clothes. Why don't you set up a website? And I said, Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> and I literally sat down the next day and thought oh, how, you know, Googled how to set up a website. Right. Um, and that took me, it actually took me a bit longer than I thought it would. Um, and then I just thought it was just to sell off my surplus stuff. You know, I didn't, you know, there wasn't so much out there that there is now, even in the last, even two years ago. Um, And Instagram hadn't really, you know, monetized itself in that or commercialized itself at that point. Um, So, It was just—it was a kind of learning process, and as I got into it and was learning how to take the photographs and do the Photoshop, and because I do everything myself, and you know, learning, passion, and learning about everything, I suddenly thought, "My God, this is my mission! Actually, this is something I really, really care about, and it's really relevant and really important. And although it's not kind of glamorous like the film industry or anything like that, it just seems so much more." Important and um, really satisfying, and so I started just telling people randomly about what I was doing, and I was really astounded by the reaction of people who said, "Oh, that's such a brilliant idea! I've got all these clothes that are sitting in the attic. I don't know what to do with them. I'm really, I really love them because they're all, as I felt, you know, they're part of my past. Right. I don't really want to part with them." but I don't want to keep them. And what do I do? I don't know what I don't want to put them on eBay because that's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And so I, they just sort of, I don't know, all these doors started opening and I just, you know, there would be people I would talk to somebody I met on a Photoshop course who said, Oh, I've got to clear up my grandmother's house next week. Can you help me with the clothes? And I was like, Oh, okay. And then she showed me a picture of this, stately home and <laughs> I was like, oh, okay be there <laughs> and she and then there was she had this massive house and the whole floor was dedicated to wardrobes full of clothes from the 1950s to you know when she died wow. in the 19, 2000 and just like so that was sort of a really exciting start and um i decided not to just focus on vintage stuff because i think there's just some really great stuff that is hand, you know and it's yes. but it, it, everything is secondhand a lot of it's stuff that comes to me that hasn't been worn it's still got labels on um so yeah so I just sort of tapped into this thing that people had it's sort of like a bit like the way uber started you know which is that people have got cars sitting in their driveways unused Let's make most of the sense. time and that, that so for me it's I'm not quite uber but um you know uh, people have got clothes just sitting there and they and they want them to go to good homes. So the thing about this lady who had the granny mm-hmm. was that she loved all those clothes and she really wanted them to go to a good home. And so there were just like these beautiful 1950s Gucci handbags. And wow. you know, I mean, you know, just endless, endless stuff. I'm still selling it now, two years later.
0: I, I think what strikes me so interesting about what you're saying is you... You, first of all, found your, your passion and your calling a little later in life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is really such a great thing for people to know because we can constantly reinvent ourselves and, and know that, you know, we're not stuck in this, any, any avenue or any job that we may think we are. We have to just uncover what really interests us. And there's passion and there's goodness in almost every avenue, right? Like who would have thought like it's closed, like what could be noble about that? right? But actually, it is. And especially once you learned about the sustainability issue. I mean, that really took it to a whole other level. So, I mean, wow, so interesting. Now, well, do you
1: yeah, take of that just to say it, later in life, you know, it's great to learn something new. new yeah. skills. I've learned so many new skills doing this. And I've met so many great people. Right. Doing it. right. And that's just as exciting. I mean, I do feel really kind of driven about this and not in not in a Sense that I'm ever gonna be rich. I just, I love doing it. And I just feel it's really important to spread the word.
0: And I, and I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm so happy because I'm in New York City, you know, the hub of it. And just like where you are, there are literally every, you walk on Madison Avenue, you know, every third block, has now a consignment store. And what's interesting to me is like, I've known about them for years because of my mom, but they were always hidden on the side street, you know, or go up the stairs into an apartment. And now, you know what? They're actually on the avenue because I think young kids and everybody, it's cool. It's cool now to buy I'm not even just going to say, like you said, vintage, it's cool to buy used clothes. And um, so give us a tip though. I know what I do when I want to get them clean, but when you come home with something, even if it isn't worn, like I always just throw mine in the dryer for 20 minutes, but is there something else people should be doing? Oh, I put, I freeze my clothes. Ah. that comes in, I freeze it. So you put it in a bag or straight in the freezer? It's
1: straight in the freezer
0: wow.
1: <laughs> i have a dedicated freezer next to my studio um which sometimes gets full of other things as well but generally um it goes it's just you put them in the drawers of the freezer and they come out uncreased they come out absolutely great but they oh, wow. it gets rid of any kind of moth damn it, or you know eggs great. or anything like that
0: oh what a great tip
1: so, yeah, freeze them for a minimum of three days, but you can freeze them for weeks on end if you want to. Just leave them there. Wow. And then, right. then they're ready. And then, um, you know, if it's something that is, uh, you know, I'll generally wash or dry clean as well. well the first thing I to do is stick it in the freezer.
0: That's a great idea. So tell us a little. I'm, I'm so curious about, you know, you were written up in the style section. Yeah. How did – we'll talk about that in a minute. How did you get connected to the crown? That was
1: massive stroke of luck there's a lot of serendipity in there so I have I keep my clothes in a storage facility uh just a block away in an underground car park it's really unglamorous and I kind of it looks like a setting of a serial killer kind of (laughs) really not very nice but um I I started out with one tiny little lock up and um one day I noticed that the guy, the, the the caretaker, who I get on really well with, um, was like taking out loads and loads of these vintage um, Louis Vuitton suitcases from this massive locker that was just a couple of doors down. And I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. What's that? And he said, oh, well, there's this heiress who's got uh, all of this stuff. And that, I had a quick look in there. There was at least 75 suitcases. They weren't all Louis Vuitton ones. But... Um, she's hasn't paid and we've got the lawyers and blah, blah, blah. And so we've got to, we've got to get rid of all of this stuff and we've got to sell it off because she hasn't paid her rent. Wow! Um, So I was like, hmm, that's, that sounds really intriguing. What's in the suitcase. And, oh, I need, oh, just load of old clothes. And I was like,
0: Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. You couldn't have said that to anyone better.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I said, look, I do old clothes. She said, and he said, Oh my God. Well, I didn't realize that, but you, there were five whole storage facilities, full, full, huge um, storage units full of all things oh we don't know what to do with them so I said well you know let me have a really quick look because they, they couldn't show me officially because they hadn't sort of done the legal bit yet Legal right? but anyway we ended up doing a deal where I paid them some money and I helped them empty out all these suitcases and I didn't want to take the suitcases because I don't sell luggage right I mean they're lovely but they would have made much more money selling them directly without me and made their money back and then I help them empty out the suitcases, take what I wanted, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it turned out it took me months to do this, and it was a completely nuts thing to do. But the it was a treasure trove of vintage and immaculate all designer clothes, um, Balenciaga coats. I mean, Irma's, it was like absolutely crazy. Um, they were really happy that I was taking it off their hands. Not all of it was my taste, I have to say. Um anyway i went I sifted through all of this stuff I mean there was the woman was a hoarder, she was a shopaholic she'd lived in hotels all around the world, mostly some of the suitcases were just full of hotel toiletries and old slippers oh, because she couldn't stop herself, so she'd then have to buy a suitcase and fill it up with all the junk that she was accumulating. so a lot of it was junk right, but I had after about three or four months thinking I was just completely, that if she was nuts and a hoarder, then what did that (laughs) mean? I paid money for it. uh, uh, Anyway, I had it all on rails and it was ready to go. And I was like, okay, this, I've got to do something with this. I mean, I could open a shop, but you know, I don't, you know, there's so much of it. And I have a friend who is a fashion blogger here. She does a blog called That's Not My Age, which I really recommend to everybody. Um, uh, She's a great style blogger. Um, particularly for you know looks for the mature woman and um, she's a fashion journalist so I invited her to come and have a look and just just see if there was anything she wanted to blog use on her blog and she went completely crazy when she saw it all and she said oh look I've got this you know friend who's a costume designer for films and he would absolutely love this stuff but I think he's been in New Zealand for like six months. I don't know. I have to, I'll call him when I get home. Anyway, mm-hmm. she left me with an armfuls of stuff. And she went to the bus stop to go home. And there he was, this friend of hers, um, this missing friend. Oh, my goodness. He the bus stop. So he, she told him all about it, all excited. And then he said, oh, that sounds great. I'd love to go. And also my friend, Amy Roberts, um has just got the crown gig so if it's all like 80s and 90s stuff then she should really come and have a look. so anyway he brought her down and they both went nuts and then amy said right i'm coming back for a whole day and then by that so then i had as kind of a more of a brief of who they were looking for and what they were looking for and so i sort of put out things but they went through every single box wow and they took a lot of stuff and mostly i thought it was going to be you know, stuff to remake, um, or quite often they do that because it's the wrong size and right. blah blah blah. So I hadn't seen anything until The Crown came out uh, to, at the end of last year, and then I just started watching it, obviously quite closely. And then, to my absolute delight, there were just there was just piece after piece after piece, which was straight out of my stores. So oh my goodness, I you know, got really overexcited and I took all these pictures from the screen and then I put them on Instagram. And then a couple of things happened, uh, one of which was that Emma Corrin, who plays Princess Diana, found one of the photographs that I put up and she put it on her feed. And then my kind of paltry Instagram following just kind of went up like a fruit machine, just whizzing round and round and round and round and round. And, um, so that was exciting. And then the next day I got, I had a, a an, in, I was interviewed by Vanessa Friedman and I just had really, I'm, I don't really follow the fashion so much. Um, I, did, I had no idea what an amazingly important person she was. And I also, we had a nice chat like we're having now. Um, uh, but I had thought that she was writing about the crown and maybe that she might extract a sentence or two about, about you, <laughs> if you so were so lucky. I was kind of really relaxed and we had just, you know, informal about it. And then she, I said, so, you know, are you writing about the crown at the, the end of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she'd said, Oh no, this is about you. And I went, Oh,
0: <laughs> oh who am I?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. I
1: quite believe that that would be interesting to anyone. And then I told my friends about it and my friends all went, you are joking. She is so huge. This is gonna change
0: her Because right, you didn't even realize. <laughs> I didn't realize, no. And
1: then when the piece came out, it did, you know, it just, everything went um, bananas actually. It was great. Wow,
0: unbelievable. And that's how you got to the style section of the New York Times. That was her, that
1: was the style section of the New York Times, yeah. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure how she picked up. I think a friend of mine, knew her from when she lived in London. And because a friend, my friend called and said, oh, I've got a friend called Vanessa. She's going to, she, you know, do an A with her. Sure. You know. If-
0: wow. No, that's uh, the ultimate coup. And what really strikes me, what's so amazing, it's kind of like once you put your heart into something and you found your passion and your calling, it was like the universe responded in kind, right? It's not anything you can even plan for. It really felt like
1: that, but you know, I think you can't let that go to your head because it's a slog, and um, right. you know, day to day, a lot of people are doing it. Um, but it, that was a, it was a, it was a kind of moment of great moment of validation, and it's given yeah. me a huge boost to go ahead and be have confidence in what I do. I mean, the other great thing that happened at the end of last year was uh, that Sandy Powell, who's like my, you know, the the one of the top costume designers in the world she's so fantastic and she approached me and asked me to sell a load of stuff that she'd cleared out in lockdown and what was really nice about that was that she we sort of she suggested that she would like to give her bit to charity and so I said that I would give my bit to charity so it's a hundred percent going to a charity called Refuge, which mm-hmm. is, um, helps people who are in situations of domestic abuse, which of course, like right now in lockdown is like-
0: Has huge. been increasing so much.
1: In demand, yeah.
0: And so one of the great
1: things, that was kind of just as fantastic to me because it was not only was it like, she's my idol and she's got the most amazing clothes and she chose me to sell them for her. But that it, that you know you could use something that you made to do good in that way, nice. um, and it was like in the film industry, you've got to go through so many different layers of decision making and blah blah blah. And we could just do it on the phone in five minutes, just say right. yeah, do that, and then it was done. And it was just that's that's re- a really nice thing about what I'm doing is another thing I really like about what I'm doing is that it's just mine and I don't have to rely on anybody else. It's just sort of, you know, it's very small, it's very low key. And as I said before, I do everything myself and not all of it is particularly glamorous or fun, but it's just, it's just feels very nice to be able to do that in that position.
0: Right. And to, and to be your own boss essentially, right? Like you can work when you want and not when you don't. Well, that's hugely great about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's not, you know, you also said something earlier. You said, you know, this isn't gonna make me rich. Well, we don't know. The jury's still out on that. But it's I think what well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but but what's key about what you're even saying that is that it's it's so much more to you than just the money, right? There's something called psychic income, right? And the the income that you get from the pleasure of it is really so much more than just the monetary value. So I think that can't be said enough for finding your passion, which is so nice. Yeah. So let me ask you, are there any pieces that you're just like, Oh, no way. I I know this doesn't fit me. It's not my size, but I'm keeping it anyway.
1: I would say I, I really had to try not to think like that. I still try not to think like that because one of the, and I've had pieces that I've let go and they've, like the first thing I, it was in the, I talked about it in the New York times piece. It was this thing that was given to me. There was only two of them made. It was the most incredibly stunning outfit mm-hmm. full of sequins, rainbow sequins. And I used to wear it at partying all the time. Right. Um, there were two made and Grace Jones has the other one. And this was given to me and it was my treasured thing. But you know, I, I'm not gonna wear it when I'm 55. Grace Jones can, but not me. Mm-hmm. And. I just thought I don't want it sitting there you know worrying about it kind of getting moths and I, just, right. oh, I, and I found somebody who was a collector who wanted it it was one of the first things I sold and it, and everyone was saying how can you sell that that was the thing that was so you and it was and I just thought no it's got to go it's got to go to a good home I don't want to I don't want it here and once I've done that I've got things I've got things on the website. My wedding dress is on the website. My This Chanel suit that my husband bought me when we were first going out together We on a trip to Paris, you know, this, and it's, I love it. I love it, but I'm not going to wear it. And I want really? someone else to wear it. And the letting go of it is very liberating. Letting go of it. I think that's true. And not having the sort of, it's, 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 it just frees you, you know. Well, you have
0: to make, it's, it's like anything out. else in your life, Kara. right? You have to like let go of, things to make yeah. room for other new, better things for you. Yeah. Um, we'll just have less. <laughs> right, right? I, I have this rule for myself. I'm actually the opposite of a hoarder. Like I get rid of everything. You know, my kids will make like an art project in school. And, you know, three weeks later, she's like, where is it, mommy? I'm like, Oops. I that out. oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't good. believe I did that. Um, but I try to have this rule in my in my closet, if I haven't worn it in a year, I'm likely to never wear it. So I need it to go Um, and and I try to keep to that. And on the other hand, I still do have some clothes from literally when I was in high school that I still wear like t-shirts that I still wear around the house or like a little mini skirt. Um, So if you're gonna wear it, keep it. But if you're not, you know, just move on. Absolutely, absolutely. So what's next for you? Do you think, I know you're online and you're small. Do you see yourself growing, taking an employer, employees, or is that just not something you want to do?
1: Do you want I a storefront? I would love, well, you know what? I, it's a fantasy of mine to have a shop um, or a, like a studio that people can come and have a visit rather than this kind of crappy basement that I work in. Right. in house. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, in the week after the New York Times piece, there were twenty thousand visitors to my online shop. Wow. Which was just like astounding for me. And you couldn't have fitted them all into a shop in London. Right they in there. <laughs> and I can be on holiday and I can the shop can be open. So for me, online just works. And particularly now in lockdown, you know, everyone is going that way. And True. you know, it's there is something lovely about browsing and going to a physical space. And I would, and I also really like to have the interaction with customers, although I do get a lot of that online too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's still a little fantasy of mine to get together with some friends and do pop-ups. And I do the little pop-up um, markets when when they happen, you know, right. a couple of times a year when when we're not in lockdown. But right now, I mean, who could have predicted that actually my strange little website would be you know kind of ahead of the game in that way with this terrible year that we've had i've just been really lucky that i've been trading and um you know able to work and yeah
0: no i mean i think retail itself and and the shopping experience was Mm -hmm. um really coming to somewhat of a close Mm -hmm. not entirely but much it's certainly less than it's ever been and I think the pandemic sort of sealed that I don't I wonder if it will go back if there'll be like this need to um, visit stores again once we can Um, I think for the kind of store you have it it, there is something nice like I said just about going in and saying I don't know what I'll find but I suppose you're right you can do that online just as well so yeah
1: Yeah. but I don't know I hope so because it's a thing that you know, it's a pleasurable activity for so many people. Right. I just, I just hope that we have a rethink about the quantities of production and the, you know, sheer waste and the sheer right. and the environmental impact. I think that people are beginning to take that seriously for the first time.
0: Yes. And
1: yeah. there's no getting away from it now. You know, the the genie's out of the bottle, and it's gonna. It's. I think there are some people who are going to just kind of carry on and pretend. They don't know about it, but it's, yes, once the you know are. About it, it's very, very difficult to, uh, to sustain it, you know, and enjoy it right. <laughs> at that kind of level of, you know, cramming your, you know, having, having dresses that cost two pounds, 50 or two pounds, you know, I mean, it's just insane.
0: Well, you know, I think what's encouraging about, about it. This is like I said, it's that the younger people, you know, the teenage girls are thinking this is a cool thing to yeah. do. Yeah. And that's, that's hope for our future. Absolutely. Um, so that that's, that's very encouraging. And well, tell us where we can find your online shop, because I'm sure all our listeners are going to want to visit. So you now you're going to have, you know, oh, hopefully so. one million visits this month. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it's www.menagemodernvintage.com. Okay, amazing. Instagram as well, Menage Modern Vintage, and uh, yeah, Pinterest.
0: Great, amazing. I'm, I'm so excited to have spoken with you. I think that you really are a change maker. I'm sure you just saw yourself as somebody who, you know, had a little shop online, but actually you're doing something that's fun, but also important. Um, and, and it's great. It's fantastic. So I'm so happy you're getting the recognition that you deserve and 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 that the crown is, you know, featuring your clothes. I'm gonna actually watch that with a different eye now that I know where it's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much for coming on. Bye for now. Okay, bye.